You're listening to the Leadership Jam Session Podcast, the place where you'll get to hear leaders at all levels of management share their practical solutions to the management challenge you face every day. So let's get ready to jam. I'm your host, Rob Fonte. Welcome back to the Leadership Jam Session. If you're listening for the first time, my name is Rob Fonte. I'm a leadership development consultant and coach with more than 20 years experience in leading teams. For more information about me or how you can subscribe to the show, please visit my website at leadershipjamsession.com. Now enough about me. Today's guest is Michelle Corfin, who is the Chief Operating Officer and Chief Commercial Officer for a biotech company called Gamita Cell, which is an advanced cell therapy company committed to finding cures for patients with blood cancers and serious blood diseases. Michelle's career spans across 25 years, holding leadership positions in sales, marketing, manufacturing, including other clinical and scientific positions based on her background as a pharmacist. Michelle, welcome to the Jam Session. Thank you very much, Rob. I am honored to participate. I always enjoy listening to them, and I am very excited to be a part of one. And are you ready to jam? I absolutely am ready to jam. Well, and I am excited to have you on as a guest, too, because we've known each other for a number of years. We've actually worked with each other, including having the pleasure of working for you. I was a regional sales director and you were the head of sales. And I know I've learned a tremendous amount working for you, a lot of value. And I know that this discussion will bring a lot of value to others. Speaking of that, perhaps you can share with us uh, some best practices that have worked for you. I want to start with one very important leadership philosophy, and that's feedback. The way I look at feedback, it's actually really three key components. Creating an environment where my team is comfortable giving feedback on strategy, on execution, on the overall plan. The second bucket is my ability to give feedback to others. And then third is creating that environment that people feel comfortable giving me feedback as a, as a leader. So feedback is such a, a critical tenant of leadership amongst those three components. So feedback is one of those areas where a lot of people don't feel comfortable, right? I mean, they, they struggle with, with conflict. And yet knowing firsthand, uh, working for you, you've made it look so easy. It just seemed like it was, it was natural for you, including just creating that, that safe environment. I'm curious, was it always that way for you? Uh, I wish it was. The answer is no. So let, let me talk about a very important lesson I learned at my first job out of pharmacy school around giving feedback to others. I was a scientist at Merck in manufacturing, and I was leading a project. I had a timeline. I had a budget. This was my first project. And it was going to be done either on time or ahead of time, and it was going to come in within budget. Now, typical of any project, especially a manufacturing, there's a lot of different individuals that are involved to support you. And this happened to be an automation. So I had a, a strong uh, IT need. So here's an example of an important lesson I learned around giving feedback to others. My IT colleague was a bit late in getting something that needed to be done. I knew he was in the cafeteria having lunch with another colleague. So I marched to the cafeteria, lab coat on, safety shoes. I probably still had on my hair net. And I said, Mike, you're late. You were supposed to have this to me yesterday. You said you were going to come this morning and you still haven't come. You're setting the whole project back. I need to see you immediately after lunch. And I turned around and I marched back to manufacturing. And I did this in, in front of other colleagues. The most important lesson for me was conveyed by more senior engineer in our group. His name was Jeff. Jeff pulled me aside later that day and said, I want to talk to you about your feedback to Mike in the cafeteria. I was like, yeah, it was great. He came and he got the work done. Just like, I got to tell you, Michelle, if you ever talk to me like that, he's like, I'm not going to be that eager to be helping you out in the future. And I guarantee Mike probably isn't either. And I was like, what do you mean? Jeff said, you stomped into the, the cafeteria while Mike was having lunch. 
you sort of barked at him in, in front of him and his peers. And then you stormed off. And he's like, by the way, did you say thank you when he got the work done? And I was like, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. uh, so to this day, I'm so grateful to Jeff. Jeff was an incredible mentor and colleague of mine for the four years that I was in manufacturing at Merck. But I got to tell you, that was eye opening for me. And I, I admit that I went back and I apologized to Mike afterwards. Mm -hmm. And Mike and I became, you know, incredibly strong colleagues for our, our tenure working together. But it was just that incredible aha moment that I realized the art of giving feedback, whether it's giving it to a peer or giving it to a direct report or giving it to your boss, you, you need to be upfront, um, but the setting has to be right. The delivery has to be right. That was an incredible lesson for me early in my career. And that was a peer that gave you feedback. Is that correct? It was. Yeah. It was a peer who gave me feedback. I viewed him as a, as a mentor. He was a, right. a more senior than I was, but absolutely, he was absolutely a peer. We reported in to the, the same manager. So I always gave Jeff a lot of credit for taking that time to help guide somebody who definitely needed some guidance at that point. First of all, I appreciate you sharing that story, but I do have to just point out that because I've worked for you and known you, that is so foreign to how I know you. I just can't even imagine you being that that direct. Did it take you long to adjust? So I appreciate you saying that. It did not take long. I did find that early in my career when I was in that sort of scientific, very process-oriented approach, sometimes I did have to sort of check myself a little bit. But I would say it just became so much more comfortable for me taking the time that, it, and, and honestly, sometimes it was just a few moments, but if I needed to give feedback to somebody, sometimes just taking that moment to regroup. And I will tell you truthfully, Rob, something that has helped me tremendously if I need to give feedback on the spot is to ask the, the person that I'm giving the feedback to a question. How do you think that just went? Mm. Or what do you think the next step needs to be? That does two things. First off, it creates a collaborative discussion, but also it honestly buys me time to sort of get myself reset and think about, okay, is this as bad as it seems to be right in the moment? Mm -hmm. And I will tell you a lot of times the, the person that I'm about to give feedback to, people people in our industry are passionate about what's doing right for the, the patient. They're passionate mm -hmm. about their company. A lot of times they're, they're taking just as much accountability as you or I would be taking also. So um, sometimes doing that pause to ask that question really helps just enhance the, the dialogue. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I can't emphasize enough the power of asking questions. You know, sometimes people shy away or, or they get that sense of anxiety of having to give some feedback because they think that it has to be this direct type of tone or, or this direct uh, approach when many times you can accomplish the same by just asking a few questions. And it's amazing the results you can get sometimes. By doing that. Is that something that you do often with your employees as well? I definitely do. So that, that concept of asking the initial questions before discussion is something that I do on a very regular basis. If I'm about to embark on a one-on-one -on -one discussion with somebody who was just performing outstanding, I will still ask that question, you know, how do you think everything's going? Because mm -hmm. maybe they're performing outstanding and I'm getting great feedback. And product is great, but maybe they're working 15, 20 hour days, which is obviously not ideal. I always like to ask that question, whether it's somebody that we're about to embark on a conversation of you were doing outstanding, thank you so much. And also in that conversation, we're gonna be a crucial conversation where somebody hasn't been performing. And I will tell you, I've been very fortunate throughout my career. I'll give one example of a conversation that I thought was going to be a very, very challenging conversation. I had been out on 
maternity leave and I had a relatively new hire that had come on board right before I went on leave. I'm out for three months and I come back and right away I'm, I'm getting feedback that there's an individual who's who's struggling. Mm-hmm. And I was going into a one-on-one with that individual that afternoon. So I was like, oh my goodness gracious, this is my first day back. I haven't spoken to this employee about work-related issues for three months. How is this going to go? So we sit down and I say, how do you think the last three months went? And he's like, I'm so glad you asked me. I I think it went horribly. I I think I'm really struggling. And here are the areas that I I feel like I I could have done better on. And I was like, oh my goodness, thank goodness. (laughs) So a a lot of times asking that simple open-ended question, and and truthfully, it does need to be open-ended. I mean, many of us have been trained as sales professionals by outstanding trainers such as yourself. And you you know, if you ask a yes, no question, you're going to get a yes, no answer. But in a feedback discussion, asking that open-ended question... And truthfully, that holds true not only for individual feedback, but if you're asking for feedback on an overall strategy or uh, an implementation plan, you've got to ask those open-ended questions. If I go into a meeting as a leader of a group and I say, don't you think our strategy is great? Everyone's going to say yes, versus if you take the opportunity to ask that open-ended question. That's critical to whether it's individual feedback or, or feedback on a major strategy or plan. Right. Completely agree with you. I am curious. I mean, there are times where walking into a feedback discussion that you can ask as many questions as you want, but you know that's that's not going to land and sometimes you have to be more direct. Any techniques that, that you can share on how you approach that? Preparation and a dry run with somebody you trust. So if you are going into a a critical discussion with somebody, whether it's project related or performance related, you need to be well prepared to have the discussion. So I always take time prior to the discussion, not a few minutes before as they're about to walk in to say, okay, what was the goal? What what are we seeing in terms of progress? And what, what does the feedback need to be if there needs to be a course correction? I will a lot of times do a dry run with somebody I trust. I've been incredibly fortunate throughout my career to have a very strong partnership with my my human resources colleagues. And that's an individual that, especially if it's a critical, critical conversation, I'll pull them in a day or two before and say, having a conversation with this colleague, again, whether it's project related or performance related, I want to do a dry run and you tell me what you hear. And sometimes I won't even tell them the message I'm trying to get across because I really want to do it sort of unaided. Like, what are you hearing? And I'll tell you, Rob, one of the, a, a very crucial conversation I was having with a colleague one time, I sat down with my HR partner and I said, what did you hear? And she's like, I'm doing outstanding. I should change a thing. And I was like, oh no, that's not the message. So, you know, anyhow, having that opportunity to have a trusted partner where you do the, the dry run is, is important. Whether it's feedback to a peer or feedback to a direct report or feedback to your manager, I think that's critical. By the way, as an aside, some of the most difficult feedback sessions to give are to peers mm-hmm. and also to your boss to or your manager to some extent. I can't tell you how many times throughout my career that I'll, I'll come into a team meeting and there's a lot of discussion about this team isn't doing this job well, or this team is hindering our progress, or this individual is hindering our progress. And the key question I always ask is, well, what did they say when you gave them that feedback? It's it's challenging. It's not easy to give that feedback to a peer. So, And by the way, a very, very important point around any type of feedback, especially to peers, don't do it over email. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's even more challenging in this in this virtual environment, but I guide people in this virtual environment, set up a Zoom, have a face-to-face, even though you're not physically in the room live. It's a little bit easier to send a message over email versus doing it by Zoom or even a phone call, but that's a big guidance that I give to people. Any type of feedback that you're giving, to some extent, maybe even more so, because peer feedback is difficult, make sure you do it via via Zoom or, or phone if in this environment where we're virtual. Yeah, I mean, email is just so impersonal and the context can be taking completely wrong too, uh, when you're just reading an email. Peer-to-peer feedback can be very powerful. I mean, just the story you shared about yourself early on in your career clearly has impacted you along your leadership journey and how you value the power of feedback, which really sounds like was the at the foundation of that peer that gave you feedback early on. And again, right. our, our beliefs are based on our experiences. And Giving feedback to peers is at times more difficult than giving it to your manager, or even your, your employee. You know, it sounds like you probably spend a lot of time guiding individuals on how to give feedback to their peers, right? So as a leader, you're probably doing a lot of coaching related to that. Is that fair? It definitely is. And that's something that I also will offer myself up as, as a resource. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you want to Tell me what you're thinking about saying. You know, let's let's do a little bit of a of a dry run, just because it's it's outside of people's comfort zones, and and I understand it. I completely agree with it. One of the biggest aspects of leadership that I guide people on is, as a leader, you're setting the direction for the organization. So from a cultural standpoint, you're setting that. You're also setting the key business strategies and objectives. And if you're one that people are hesitant to give feedback to, you know, it's it's going to hinder your ability to to set strategy and set objectives because if people view you as somebody, well, oh, gee, I can't I can't give feedback to, you're going to lay out a strategy and everyone's going to say, yeah, sure, that that sounds great, that sounds great, and then they'll walk out of the room and say that's never going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so really making sure that as a leader you are creating that environment where they can be open dialogue, where there can be discussion and debate, whether it's with peers or with direct reports or or folks that are more senior to you. That's going to be key to success for somebody along a leadership journey. Well, you were actually running late to record this podcast. And as we were talking, getting ready to to record, it sounded like it was a result of, you know, you had a call with your team. You asked a question that actually took the conversation much deeper related to strategy, I, I think. Is that right? We're having a very important discussion, which was key from a, a strategic standpoint. And I asked a question. I said, I'm new with Gamita. I'm absolutely thrilled to join this amazing organization. I've only been with Gamita a little over a month. And there's an issue that has come up. I asked a, a what I thought was a pretty straightforward question, uh, but a very important one. Is this a new challenge or is this something that has gone on for a while? And it was clear this had gone on for quite some time. And a very big lesson that Rob and I learned from a, an outstanding leader at Celgene is you don't dwell on the past, you learn from the past. So that, that, was, that was sort of my message is, okay, listen, this has now gone on for quite some time. What can we learn and how do we apply this going forward? That actually is, is a very important uh, aspect of leadership. You know, and honestly, it comes back to also how do you how do you handle an employee that makes a mistake? Unfortunately, in our industry mistakes can be sometimes very, very serious because of the impact on patients. But if there's if there's a mistake that's made and the intent was positive, how do you then help the organization learn from it? How do you help the individual learn from it? Create that environment where you can 
continue to move the organization forward. There's two key techniques that that you talked about in terms of giving feedback. And it's something that I, I spend a lot of time teaching when I do my, my workshops on, on how feedback is a gift. And there's two techniques you use that I do want to highlight here. Uh, the first is the preparation piece, being able to really take the time, invest the time to prepare for that discussion. And the second key takeaway here is, and I think this is one for those of us listening that you really want to want to walk away trying to apply this is the dry run. Finding somebody to talk through the discussion. And I'm willing to bet even with all your experience, it's probably something you would still do to this day. It is absolutely true. The preparation is key. You need to not only have the, the important points you want to assure get across, um, but also what are the anticipated questions that might arise and, and how would I answer them? And then the dry run is, is is critical. And the dry run, you need to be mindful. It obviously has to be a very trusted partner. If it's a personnel issue, you obviously need to be very trusted. And then, then if it's something that's you know material to the company, obviously it, it, you need to assure that it's somebody within the company you're discussing it with. It's, it's interesting, Rob, throughout all levels of, of, of leadership throughout organizations, the importance of feedback absolutely holds true. And also the importance of situational leadership, which also ties in quite a bit to feedback. You know, I started my career as a production manager. I was I was leading hourly employees, still needed situational leadership amongst my different employees. I didn't understand the language of it then. I, this was before I had the outstanding training from you and Kim Metcalf. <laughs> But even throughout my career, you know, whether I was managing a team of three or an organization of a hundred plus, really applying that situational leadership. And a lot of times people think of situational leadership as I've got a new employee and, you know, they're going to start at this phase and, and move along the continuum. It's not the case. I mean, I, I've managed people with 30 years or so of, of experience in an industry. And when you're presented with a new situation for that employee, they could suddenly be low confidence and you know low experience with that again. So that aspect of guiding the employee with feedback and that sort of mantra of, of situational leadership holds true throughout the the leadership continuum. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. And you know, situational leadership is a model for for those of us that may not be as familiar with it. It is a great model. It's uh, I believe it is the the foundation of leadership. It's one that I, I love teaching. And to your point, Michelle. It is situational, depending on where the employee is. Sometimes if they're, if it's new to them, we have to be more of a teacher, more directive, or know when at times, if they know what they're doing, we just need to be more supportive uh, because the solution lies within them and we just need to draw it out of them. It was something you said, I just want to make sure that I have this right. So at, at your level in the C-suite, everything we just talked about in terms of giving feedback or even situational leadership does that all still apply? Because you're dealing with very tenured individuals, executives, vice presidents, heads of department. It absolutely does. So I, I'll talk about situational leadership for a moment. Gamita Cell is developing a therapy that is somewhat unprecedented. It's it's a therapy is Amadouba Cell. The focus is for those patients who are in need of a, of a stem cell transplant who do not have access to a match-related donor. The phase three study has been completed. We achieved our primary endpoint, we achieved our secondary endpoint, so we anticipate starting the, the rolling BLA uh, in fourth quarter. What's unprecedented about this is you know, there has not been an FDA approval for a, a transplant graft source, for a, a transplant modality. You know, We have the benefit of seeing cell therapies get FDA approved. On the other hand, we have not seen a, an approval in the specific space that we are studying Amadouba cell in. So from a situational leadership standpoint, I've been in the industry 25 years. I have colleagues in the industry 20, 25, 30 years. 
none of us have have done this type of launch. This is, you know, this is going to be unprecedented. So a situational leadership standpoint, some people are a little bit more comfortable operating in areas of uncertainty than others. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do you guide somebody who's used to having complete information before they make a decision? How do you guide them that we, we won't have always have complete information before we make a decision. So uh, the aspect of situational leadership still absolutely holds. The importance of feedback absolutely holds. So when when you're working in any type of environment, when you're getting close to launch preparation, you move quickly. And there's times that if you don't pause to provide that feedback, it's it's going to be a challenge. And in this situation, I view it as feedback on our, our strategy and our plans but also feedback on individuals. How are people performing? How are they interacting with each other? Again, the importance of feedback to, to peers is so critical um, because you're, you're working so closely with cross-functional teams. So the, the short answer to, to your question, Rob, and it's a very astute question is situational leadership and feedback absolutely apply even as I'm now you know excited to be part of the, the executive team at Gamita Cell. You just reminded me of a scenario where you had to give me feedback once and this was actually, uh, this applies. I mean, here I came into, I was moved into the regional sales director role and this is coming from spending five years building out all the management training for our division and you know, very seasoned in terms of sales management over the years. And yet I fell into the trap and I remember you, you gave me feedback that uh, you need to spend some more time in understanding the business, the analytics, the market research. At that time, I, I really appreciated because even with all my experience, the, the business I was moving into was new to me. And from a situational leadership standpoint, uh, I was at square one, which I was relying too much on the people side of it, my management skills, the leadership side, which is important, but sometimes strength overused becomes a weakness. You provided me with that feedback, which tied right into the situational leadership piece. I was always honored to work with you, Rob. I still remember that exact discussion, and I so appreciated the questions you asked, the level of professionalism. I think you were a model in terms of how we could guide colleagues, because when we had that discussion, you then asked a number of good follow-up questions at that session, and then we, we spoke again the next day, you know, and you asked some additional questions just to make sure you, you had a good plan in place. So creating that environment where there's good dialogue, feedback should not be one way. It needs to be interactive. It needs to be two way. It goes back to what you said earlier about the ability for a leader to also ask for feedback. I do believe that helps to really create that safe environment. Maybe you can share a little bit more around how you approach that or, or what, what you do with your teams related to that. Giving feedback to your direct manager is, is very uncomfortable for some people. Some people are much more comfortable with it than others, but some people are incredibly uncomfortable. And throughout my career, whenever I take over a new team or have a new employee come on board, the, one of the first things I always say is I need to have you provide me with feedback. And I will ask that on a regular basis, but don't wait for me to ask. Please make sure you're providing it. You do have that rare employee that's very comfortable with that. Pick up the phone or come into your office when we're in a live environment and say, you know, you asked for feedback and I wanted to give you some feedback. I'll tell you, there's one employee, I'll never forget this. And it was, you know, a, a great learning experience for me. I took over the team and I said, listen, we've all been working so hard. We just completed an acquisition. I said, please make sure you're taking your weekends off. And there I was Friday night and Sunday nights and then off emails. And I will never forget, finally, after a couple of weeks, this team member, we were having a a one-on-one and she said, I thought we were supposed to take the weekends off. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Are you not? She's like, well, you're not. 
She's like, so if you're not taking them off, we all think we're supposed to be working. That was a perfect example of somebody who felt comfortable giving the feedback. That was the rare, that's honestly the rare person. So generally what I do is during my one-on-ones with people, I'll say, listen, I, I want to take I want to take some time now for you to give me any feedback. How do you think things are going? How is our working relationship? What should I be doing differently? Or what do you want to make sure I keep doing? And then if the employee or the person's like on a regular basis, really not giving me any feedback, then I honestly will give them a little bit more of a lead time. And I'll say, we were at this meeting, you seemed a little concerned. Is there something I could have done differently? Mm -hmm. Um, So really making sure that you create that environment where people know it's safe, but also if they see you act on it. Yeah. You know, that individual who said stop sending or, you know, basically said, why are you sending emails on the weekend if we're not supposed to be working? When I stopped doing that, I think it showed it was safe to give feedback. Um, The other area as a leader that we have to be so cognizant of is to create the environment where it's safe to give feedback on key strategy and key business objectives and key business planning. Because as a leader, if you go in and say, here's our strategy, what do you guys think? People may say, okay, that's already baked. I'm not going to give any feedback. Mm -hmm. But creating the environment where you could have diverse ways of thinking, different ideas, that just makes things so much better. And the one specific example I'll give, I was leading market access at Celgene when the Affordable Care Act went before the Supreme Court. We wanted to be prepared before the decision came down about what the different scenarios might be. So I had my leadership team in my office and I whiteboarded. I said, here's what I think. And everyone was quiet for a minute. And I was like, all right, there's no way this could be right. (laughs) I said, everyone's too quiet. What do you think? And one of my colleagues, one of my members of my leadership team said, with all due respect, Michelle, I completely disagree. I was like, perfect. Here's the pen. You start writing. Uh And it was great. And, you know, what we ended up with was so much of a better product because we had five of us brainstorming on it versus, you know, me as the end of one, even though I was the leader of the group. So I was relatively new leading that team. And I couldn't have been more proud of what we were able to accomplish as a team. And a lot of it was because we had five different ways of thinking. And we, we leveraged that we built upon that. And we ended up doing some very important work on behalf of patients and access that we probably wouldn't have been able to do if we weren't utilizing all of our different ways of thinking. Yeah, it's amazing how feedback really is woven into everything we do, right? It's not just on a one-on-one basis or peer, but in that example is a great example of how feedback is so critical in a corporate strategy where you're making it more inclusive. And at the end of the day, you're going to get much more buy-in too. And you'll, to your point, you'll walk away with a much better product, much better deliverable. Uh, when you get more people involved and asking for feedback. All right, so let's just reflect here because we talked a lot of great techniques that you provided. So just to to summarize, let's kind of review this. So you talked about the value of preparing and doing a dry run. We talked about the value of making sure that you create that safe environment. And I love the technique around making sure you're consistently asking for feedback. Right? I mean, that's, that's, that's critical. But the one thing around that I do want to highlight, you do have to act on it. Otherwise, if you want people to consistently give you feedback and you don't act on some of the feedback you're given, not that you're going to agree with everything and you have to act on everything, but um, words are one thing, but the actions speak much louder than words. And I'm willing to bet the example you gave around the email when you stopped probably opened up the door for that individual, maybe others, to provide more feedback along the way. I completely agree. That's such an important aspect. It, you know, if, if somebody is providing feedback on a regular basis and they either don't feel it's a safe environment or they also feel like, well, 
I've been given feedback and it's not being acted upon. Listen, there's times throughout our career, if there's feedback on a business topic or even feedback on a stylistic issue that you, you, you realize it's, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to be feasible to act on. The opportunity there is to follow back up with the individual and say, I know you gave some feedback on this. Here's why we're not moving forward with it. Or here's why I'm not acting on it at this point in time. It helps close the loop. So the person understands I was heard. I understand yeah. why there may not be a, a modification or action taken. I've had a few situations in my career where I've had to do that. And the most common response is thank you. I really appreciate knowing why that's not going to change at this point. Yeah, the why is so important. You know, the why is often missed, right? And particularly in in formulating strategy too. Uh, when you don't make it inclusive, you're not asking questions. Uh, makes it difficult to explain the why at times and why we're doing this. Right. And the other key takeaway too is is the the importance of how feedback and situation leadership is is connected and how at times, regardless of what level you're at. And I think is, is another great key takeaway here. All right. So last question for you, Michelle. I know you are an avid reader. Uh, so is there any leadership book that you can recommend? Absolutely. And my, my favorite one by far is Doris Kearns Goodwin, Team of Rivals. Hmm. So the book is about Abraham Lincoln and his cabinet. So Abraham Lincoln certainly was the leader of our country at a very, very challenging time. And when it came to selecting his cabinet, he chose a group of rivals of, of his. These were individuals that he had either run against in prior elections or individuals that he had stood on opposite sides of an issue. And what he realized was that the country was embarking on a very, very challenging time and he needed to surround himself with people with different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. He needed to make sure he wasn't gonna surround himself with people that were constantly agreeing with everything he was doing. And it came back to something we, we discussed earlier that environment of creating diversity of your workforce, whether it's diversity of education, diversity of background, gender diversity, uh, racial diversity, ethnic diversity, the more diversity the thought process is, the better the final strategy or idea or product will be. That book was outstanding and it really highlighted important time of our country, how having all those different viewpoints can lead to a, a better outcome. It sounds like a great book. I'm not familiar with it. I'm definitely going to read it. And it's uh, not only is it very fitting for leaders, but particularly in the political environment right now, too. Well, Michelle, I do want to thank you for coming in and sitting down with me. It's an honor having you on as, as a guest. And again, it was a privilege working for you. I know that I am a better leader today because of it. And I have no doubt for those listening in on this episode, they will walk away learning a tremendous amount too. Thanks again. Excellent. I was honored to participate. Thank you, Rob. Thanks so much for listening in today. If you're interested in learning more about the show or how we can assist you through my leadership consulting company, then please visit my website at leadershipjamsession.com.